when I heard and read about it, Jeremy, I thought it was A, either a joke, or B, there had to be something much more insidious behind the suspension. Uh, and now that I realize that uh, it had almost everything to do with apparently what was said about Tampa Bay and playing uh, the Rays and having a lot of success recently when they had none in the last three years. Uh, I agree. There should be a suspension here. They should suspend the doofus that suspended Kevin Brown. During a recent game at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Kevin, during his opening, talked about how the Orioles had had trouble winning in the past at Tropicana Field, but that they were doing better this year. That was really all he said. And for that, the Baltimore Orioles management decided to suspend Kevin Brown. Let me just say one thing to Baltimore Orioles management. You draped yourself in humiliation when you fired John Miller, and you're doing it again. And if you don't want Kevin Brown, there are 29 other teams who do. It's a horrendous decision by the Orioles. I don't know what they were thinking, but they've gotten exactly the reaction that they deserve. And it's just a shame because the Orioles are playing so well and now they've diverted attention from that and now made themselves a laughing stock. All right, we're back. Final thoughts. So you heard Gary Cohen, you heard the great Al Michaels talk about the suspension of Kevin Brown, Orioles broadcaster. And I got to tell you, when I heard Kevin Brown was suspended and I saw the clip, I was waiting for the punchline. I'm like, okay, they must have... He must have said something sexist. He must have said something homophobic. He must have said something racist. I'm like, there's got to be something here. I mean, that's the way this goes, right? I mean, they people just, they're dumb. Like, they say things that come out of their mouth that you're like, how can you say that? Like, forget about today's society, how sensitive we are. People have said things that I'm like, just from a common decency, from proper being in a public conversation, you don't say those things. You shouldn't even think some of them, but... You know, private thoughts are private thoughts. I'm not going to get into that. And then I hear he said, well, the Orioles haven't been really good at Tropicana Field and the Rays have beaten them up. And I'm like, the graphics said the same thing. And then he gets suspended in them. And then, you know, obviously the fallout, the Orioles, the Orioles are sensitive. They're a poorly run club under the Angelos family, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I started to think about where we're at with the media. And I think there's a couple of different things when it comes to the professional sports teams that to respond to a new world of social media, as I said in the beginning, is toxic, is built on toxicity, is built on creating a toxic narrative to generate clicks because unfortunately what I've been told is that the mainstream fan doesn't like smart or intelligent or education. And the only way to generate views is the lowest common denominator. And look, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, look at what sells. It is the bro factor. It is, you know, you know. I think my I was talking with my wife who's who's on Instagram and into pets, and she's like, "How is it that someone getting their dog high gets you know thousands and thousands and thousands of likes?" And which is wrong. And, you know, somebody doing good work to help animals or help people, you know, they get no likes, they get no views. Is it the algorithm? I said, well, maybe, but it also is us, us as consumers that don't necessarily take the time to want to see that stuff. 
we like a good laugh. And at some point, you know, we, we as a culture maybe have got to be better. So by playing into this toxicity, into a whole, you know, again, I'm going to go back. We are the consumers. We have the power of the dollar. We have the ability to elicit change despite what we think and say. Because ultimately, if we don't listen, it doesn't happen. And, and, I, and, and I'm at fault here because I, I gave air to WFAN earlier. But I think they were really important clips and important points to a point that I was making on the show. But teams have decided that, hey, if I can't get fair coverage and the toxic environment around me is inevitable, then I need to pull back the control. And the very least, the people that work for me, if they're not going to put pom-poms in their hands, at the very least, they're going to spin everything like the best PR maven out there and make sure everything is positive to that viewer. Somehow, like, they're indoctrinating a whole generation of fans. And I do laugh that guys like Michael Kay, who are as sensitive... I mean, one day I'll tell you the story about Michael Kay and the bet. Those who've watched me for a long time know I made a bet with Michael Kay many years ago. We had it public on Twitter. I might still have the the screen grabs. I don't know. But um, he's blocked me since. And, you know, that's a guy that's about as sensitive as can be. And works for a network, yes, that did its own share of spinning. Not to the level what happened to Kevin Brown and the Orioles. But I think you have a generation of fans that are being fed toxic behavior because that's what sells. They knowingly or unknowingly pushing it down. You got teams now that have younger, you know, social media experts that are like, hey, we could spin this. Like everybody thinks, I love you go on LinkedIn, you go on, on Facebook, you go on Instagram. Everybody's like, hey, I could make you this and I could do that. And I got the answer to this. So, guys. It's not that complicated. Look, if you're intelligent and you read and you take a step back and you put your emotions aside, I don't care what level of education you have, you could decipher BS from real pretty quickly. This PR stuff, these fancy you know memos, all they are are political points to protect you from the mob. That's it. That's it. That's it. There's a group of people that wake up every morning, a segment of our society in sports, culture, life, that all they wake up trying to gotcha. All that's all. They get off on a gotcha. And now you have a phone with a camera and you have, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all they want to do is gotcha. I gotcha. And let's tar and feather that person. And we're going to improve society just by being angry all the time. And guess what? They're the losers in it because they're always angry. So in a lot of ways, the team is wrong. But we are creating and we're actually going to flush. And we really have. The reason a show like this even exists and gets the attention it gets is that the product in the mainstream is so bad at times and lacks so much depth and is either too vanilla or too ignorant that I actually could exist. I should be choked out. There should be someone on SNY doing what I do. There should be someone on every network doing what I do for every team. Because this ain't hard. I am not the smartest guy in the room. I think I've got a, a, a unique perspective. I think some of my training in business helps me here communicate with you. You know, I do think I have a little bit of talent. But, you know, I laugh when people say, oh, this radio person is so talented. You know, yeah, there's radio people and there's non-radio people. But if you're in a, any environment where you communicate with people 
in any walk of life, in any business, you could do radio. You got to organize yourself and you got to get the flow and you got to practice, but you could do radio. This ain't the hardest thing. You don't need to go to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting to do radio. Trust me. You can learn a few pointers on form, but those are like, you know, it's the difference between taking a three credit class and taking, you know, a four year degree. Most of the time, the three credit class, if you're smart enough, you, you can get away with it. Now, of course, we have technology and the internet and different formats that go out there and, and help us. And truthfully, growing up in an environment where radio and talk radio it was born and exploded as a young person helped me quite a bit. With real and look, back then there was a lot of gossip, and there was you know I always I talked about it. Howie Rose when we talked about him being inducted into the Mets Hall of Fame, he was as hard on the Mets as anybody, but he wasn't toxic. He was honest and he was fair. He was fair. I mean, think about how far we've come with this whole Kevin Brown suspension thing. That Davey Johnson used to take calls from fans who would call him and question his moves in-game on the air to a point where managers are in this scrum, organized dais, get thrown softball questions because members of the media either are too lazy or afraid to have their access revoked. And it is a partnership. Look, covering a team's a partnership. You have to do some sales uh, work there because you know what? You go after certain people, they're going to shut down on you. That ain't going to help you. But it's a give and a take. And if you communicate and you're honest and you're fair, I think unless you're a real thin-skinned jerk as an athlete and they're out there, you'll be you'll be fine. Because you, if you're honest, say, hey, look, I, I need to present this part of the conversation. And as long as you present the other side and you're not just trying to go after someone for clicks. But what's going to happen is teams, and I think Mark Cuban even talked about this in terms of his organization. They're going to bring all this stuff in-house, and they're going to feed you the content that you want. The vanilla MLB.com, Q&A, basic stuff, maybe this, that. It's like going to the doctor. You know what media with teams is going to be? It's like going to the doctor saying, I have this ailment. Like, well, it could be this, it could be that, it may be this, it may be that. And, and I'm sure you've experienced that. You sit there and you go, okay, so basically you're telling me a bunch of things, and you're asking me to decide which path I want to go. I, I knew that. I'm going to you, the expert. Well, you know, everybody's afraid to make a decision or they're not good enough to make a decision. That's what's going to be. Well, here's A, here's B, you decide. No, that's not what I do. I give you both sides. I try to go balance down the middle, but I also tell you, hey, here's where I think this is going. And I also try to get the BS meter out. Say, this is BS. This is garbage. This is baloney. So we're creating this by the media not being better. By the, you know, when I hear people say, and they're, again, they're right, that you can't do what I do, like have a show with Ernie Dove and talk about the farm system and the way that Ernie did and gave us a lot of inside baseball as to why things were the way they are. Go back and listen to that from a few weeks ago. I think that was right around the deadline or right before the deadline because it's too inside baseball for the mainstream. Well, then, you know what, if that's how you are as a fan, then you're just going to be the guy that's going to get the article where they talk about the people in the stands with the paper bags on their head. Because to me, that doesn't interest me. If you're going to go to a ballpark and be negative and spend the whole time yelling and screaming and being angry, uh, go there and enjoy the food. Take your kid to the game and, and, and show them nuances of the game. You know, Have them look at a Kuna out there in the outfield 
and show them what you think the Mets need. Like, that's learning about the game. Like, this other stuff I don't get. Like, you know, I'm all for comedy and laugh. And, and, and look, I'm the biggest guy I love to watch. I mean, one of my favorite sitcoms is The Office, which is mocking office lifestyle. But there's a time, like, not everything is that. That's, that's not reality. It's just really sad and disappointing. And look, I see the success. Look, look Portnoy over here at Barstool buys back, you know, Barstool. Fabulously successful. And I give Portnoy, I mean, he had an idea, and he's one of the few that have executed at a level that many of us will never see in this business. Guys like him, Bill Simmons, whatever. You know, did a ton for small business during the pandemic. Portnoy did more for small business during the pandemic than government. And that's the truth. But I got to be honest. Some of the content I look at, I'm like, huh? I don't get it. And I'm not a, a tight you-know-what. I think I'm a fun guy. I mean, I may take my you know things a little more seriously. I try to be professional. You know, I, I just think I'm different. Like, I can't be that. If I came on and I tried to be Talking Mets version of Barstool, it's insincere. Like, you got guys that do that. And sometimes comedy is good. But when everybody tries to do that, that that that's like taking the comedy show and every genre within your Netflix viewing or Hulu, whatever is like that. Like that's not like there's a time and a place for that. You have to have the mindset and you, you get out of reality for that stuff. So maybe I'm making a loose connection here, but I think what you saw with the Orioles and Kevin Brown was that teams are at a point where anything it's like when you have one reaction, you have the polar opposite reaction to balance it out. They're trying to swing things so far to the other way. That it's it's ludicrous. Poor guy. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, if there is an example of why this business media is so hard to be in and so hard to make a living and so dangerous to put all your eggs in that basket, it's like you if you could get suspended for what Kevin Brown got suspended in Baltimore, and don't for a minute think the Orioles would be the only team. They're probably the stupidest team, and maybe that was the most ludicrous reason, but there are other teams that have probably had internal production meetings that say, hey, don't go here, don't go there. And that's why you got to respect SNY and you got to respect Gary, Keith, and Ron. And you got to respect, you know, despite the fact that you guys hate that the Wolfpons still own the network, but it's not affiliated with the team anymore. So now they can even go harder after the team. That even when SNY was affiliated with the ownership of the team, they never went the route where I felt it was, you know, I used to make the joke or was Bob Raceman at the Daily News used to make, it was Bob Raceman that came up with it. He used to call uh, the Yes Network Al Yangzira out of the old Al Jazeera that, you know, Back in the day where it was like, you know, they would they would report whatever they wanted you to hear, even though it wasn't real. So he called it Al Yangzira, which maybe is politically incorrect, certainly by today's standards. And I'll probably get yelled at for saying that, but that's a Bob Raceman. I mean, anybody who, who read Raceman's columns knew that he had quite a sense of humor. So we are in odd times, people. We are in odd times. And the fact that there's no meaningful baseball in Flushing is going to enhance all that we've seen and heard on the media front. I told you this was going to get ugly. But here's the commitment I have to you. I'm going to try really, really hard to stay out of that. I'm not going to make this a topic every week. Um, I think there are some things that we're going to try to look into over the next couple of weeks. I'm trying to look at you know some baseball books out there, trying to get some former Mets on the show. Uh, I think Ken Rosenthal had a great column in The Athletic talking about the Mets focus in 2024, and I think I want to build that out. I think that's something we're going to do next week. Build that out. Hey, what does 
what Cohen wrote to the season ticket holders. What does competitive baseball look like, and how does that line up with this 2025-2026 time frame? Here we go again. I mean, I remember when the Mets were rebuilding under Sandy Alderson. Well, 2016 is the date. 2015 is the date. There is no date. Sometimes you're early. Sometimes you're late. Sometimes it never comes. You develop prospects, and they develop based on themselves and you, and it happens. The quicker it happens is is how quickly you get good ball players. There's not a clock that strikes midnight and says, oh, it's your time. Brett Beatty, you're on up. No. Brett Beatty may never hit midnight, as we talked about earlier. Hopefully he does, but he may never. So, anyway, that's my... I'm mean, saucy today, right? A little sauce? Anyway, uh, that's the latest edition of the Talking Mets podcast. Um, we'll be back, of course, next week. Enjoy the game tonight. I know you guys might be watching Sunday Night Baseball, Mets and Braves. I'm sure that'll be brutal with ESPN using as a pulpit to say how bad the Mets are because that's what we want to hear for two and a half hours, how bad the Mets are, as if we don't know that. The whole season has been bad. You know, we really haven't had good feeling about the Mets since Atlanta last September. So there you go. So, all right, you can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can show an Apple Podcast, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Nuji. Mike Salat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. You can get me on Instagram, TalkingMetsNoG. And I want to thank the good folks at the Fan Sided Podcasting Network for supporting this show. I'm your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll be back with another Talking Mets podcast next week. Till then, take care, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.